We're doing it. The red light came on. We're going. We're live. We're live. Wow. Coming from you live, but not live. But not really live. Recorded in advance. We should video record this. (laughs) Well, it's live for us in this moment together. I think if we were video recording this right now. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd like to do this. This is a great setup. We could fit some seats back, maybe do a whole audience. (laughs) Get Kaylee out here. Yeah, this is uh, episode 67 of the Wow, we actually know the number? I do. I looked it up because I had to issue like two corrections on the last two episodes. You actually corrected it? Way to go. I did. I put little intros on it. So just so it says like... I think I said, by the way, we all got the number wrong in the episode. Yeah. This was I'll episode be honest, I haven't listened to our <laughs> podcast. And but you were you experienced it live. So why yeah. would, in the uh, moment? Yeah. You don't have I to. I internalized it in my head. Yeah, why would you listen to it recorded, right? Jeremy, is that what you were about to say? Exactly. So this is uh, on Andrew's back porch. This yeah. is our... Jeremy and I once did, a, once did a porch pod at his that house. That was early porch pod. That, that was, was early. Day. But this is the first one we've done like at night. At night. We've got a setup going on. Yeah. We've got a TV on Andrew's back porch so that... <laughs> we've got a football game going a football in the background. game going on. <laughs> Sunday and night football. Recording a podcast because yeah. it's football season Jeremy again. had... This is week one. Jeremy had to watch his Bears. And so right. are already, you know... He's wearing his Justin Fields jersey. I know, you know, Justin Fields jersey is a top... It's like the number four jersey for sale right now, but which is that, super great. That must mean that your starting quarterback is really popular, right? Andy Dalton is a super popular guy. What number of jersey is his? 14 still. He's still 14. No, like what on the oh, rankings? he's not of, on the list. No one cares. Yeah, is that a surprise? I don't even hate Andy Dalton. He was no, my quarterback for a long time. I think he's a decent quarterback. Yeah. But uh, you will want... definitely see that he's not going to be, uh, he's not going to be selling the top jersey. No. Not going to happen. We all know it's he's only, his time it, Yeah, like it's a ticking clock until until the uh, the transition. But he can do a lot yeah. of good. And I, I think he's a good, not to be, you know, a sports podcast. Yeah, we're not. But I think that Andy Dalton is a good quality teammate, guy, and leader. To have in the locker room, regardless, mm-hmm. who will be yeah. helpful to a young rookie. I think Justin, yeah, Justin Fields has probably the two best people, the two best veterans to be around. He's got Nick Foles and Andy Dalton, really solid, like high character guys. That probably, if you, if you're going to be taking anybody's job, they probably like will handle it the most respectfully. Yeah, it's not going to be like a again, not a sports podcast, but last year, like there was a whole thing in Miami where like Ryan Fitzpatrick was really angry that like Tua was going to be the starter. Yeah. Like, when he shouldn't he have been be because starter. Tua was drafted like number what number overall. five or something like really high. Yeah. So there's things like that. You, if you're going to be like Justin Fields is in a good position, I think uh, yeah. for the future. Um, by the way, this is uh, David. I'm Andrew. I'm Jeremy. And I have a theory for Jeremy because um, he's a Bears fan. I'm a Bengals fan. He's still. I'm a Steelers oh, wait, fan. A just for reference, you're going to teach me how. To I have be. a. I have a theory about how you should be a fan of your team, because you're very tense. Jeremy is a. <laughs> Jeremy's a. Um, Jeremy feels his fandom a lot, and he sometimes can get caught up by expecting perfection. Exactly. So here's my. Here's my. Andrew can't teach you this because he's got a good team. <laughs> Historically, yeah. My my understanding of being a fan of whether it's like the Reds or um, even when I was young and I was a Cowboys fan, just don't, just don't expect things. Mm. Don't expect things from your team. So when the season starts, like today, the Bengals were playing, I was watching the game the whole time, not expecting a win at any point. 
not expecting a winning point. And I just think it'd save you a lot of trouble. I'm just kind of, I know I told you guys we're going to go 4-0. I know we're not going to go 4-0. Shocker. I know. I think we are going to hopefully split the first four. I just know we play some teams we should be able to beat normally. Um, and then we get Justin Fields in the way through the season. And then we just, you know, coast to next year. Yeah. And we get a good quality receiver and the draft. And then we win the Super Bowl next year. That's exactly so, it. It's happening. Mark it down. Mark it down. I did tell Faith when we were dating or married, and I'm not going to count the COVID year, but I said, in five, well, I said in four years, we will win the Super nobody, Bowl. Nobody counts the COVID well, year. Well, I said that, and I mean, the COVID year is just, like, you had people not playing, like, all the time last year, because you just didn't know what was going on. So, like, well, Tom we'll Brady, that year. Tom Brady doesn't even count the COVID year. He doesn't. He has won the Super Bowl. It's just like, he it's has just so many one, rings, damn. he cannot count That's probably why them. they let him win again. They're just like, this kidding. one doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't well matter. Tom Give win. Tom another. Give him another. But Might not a sports well. podcast, so. Yeah. So, you know what else is big right now? We're talking, you know... Um, I think we got some cicadas hanging around. Yeah, which those are supposed to be done, by the way, but got they're some, back. There's one chilling on my tree in the, the background. Day. Bugs in the background. Um, but uh, football is popping right now because it just just came back. Yeah, mm-hmm. year week two of college, week one of the NFL, and I'll transition here very smoothly, like a radio professional, to something else that is making that's just the focus of conversation, not coronavirus. <laughs> But we already did an episode about that. And that's the only one we've ever done about it, right? We won't do um, another. Yep, yeah. That's about what else is what else is uh, all the rage right now is there's this little podcast, a nice little podcast. Has like um, a million times more viewers than us. That's a real, that's a deep cut joke. So uh, this nice little podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, um, which is, uh, I think it's all, I think it's near the top of, Charts, whatever podcast charts are, yeah. iTunes and Spotify and whatever. It's got a lot of people recording it. Or it's got a it, lot of people recording. listening to it. Um, so this is a um, this is all the rage right now. People talking about it. It's a podcast. I think it's put out by Christianity Today. Yes. Okay. So I'm gonna give some. I'll give a, bo- a quick background on it. Then Jeremy is gonna fill in the cracks that I'll miss. So Mars Hill was a church and church network started by Mark Driscoll mm-hmm. back in the day, kind of when, um, before like, at the beginning, what's odd is that he was like a part of the emergent church, even though now we think of the emergent church as like it went this very liberal, unbelieving direction. At the beginning, the emergent church was just like this movement of people trying to find like a deeper Christianity, Right. But Mark Driscoll became very well known in like the young and reformed circles, right? He was there with David Platt and Matt Chandler. Yeah. Um, Like he was, you know, he was a big name. He was this skilled preacher. He was a a good speaker, um, famous for, what did he say on stage that one? Did he say like- How dare you? Well, he said, how dare you? Um, If you ever seen a meme of a man saying, how dare you, it's probably him. I forget what the I forget what the sermon was where he he cursed on stage and it made people take notice. I forget what he said. He he said what the um uh, the the soft curse if we can call oh, it that. So not know. really. I mean, it was uh, yeah. Whatever. We don't need to get into that. This is a family podcast. But um, anyway, we do officially say as a podcast, don't curse on stage. That's probably a good good rule I won't of thumb. Do that next. Um. I have that written down on my notes, by the way, David. <laughs> <laughs> on your, ser- your sermon notes, your sermon next sermon, notes just an underline. Don't, don't 
curse. <laughs> Don't use don't any do bad it. words. Um, that's a good rule of thumb. If you need to write it down so that you don't do it, do it. That's my it? advice. But you probably have problems. Probably should slow down. Um, so what happened? Mark Driscoll's church, Mars Hill, exploded, got really big. They planted other campuses and not just in the city of Seattle. I mean, than, yeah, it was like more than 15,000. Well, you had the Mars Hill network yes. and then he yeah. helped found Acts 29. He started Acts 29. Yeah. And he had churches in different states that were called Mars Hill. Like, yeah. It was it, big. Mars Hill was huge. And then it all comes crashing down when the first crack, I believe, was like some questions about whether or not he had plagiarized something. Um, the second crack was people starting to give out these stories of like his leadership and his leadership style and his um, above the top authoritative way of handling with people, his my way or the highway type mm-hmm. of stuff. Um and so all these cracks start to form and it starts to be realized like, whoa, like we got actual problems and like yeah. Mark's got problems and like, what do we do about this? And there were, it was like, there were some signs of like abuse yeah. type yeah, behavior. Just, yeah. It's that, well, that abusive type behavior. Authoritarian leadership. Yeah. Styles. Like that abuse that comes from authoritative leadership, yeah. which is just like, you get on board or we fire you or we get you out mm-hmm. um, yeah. right away. Thankfully, no, you know, physical or any mm-hmm. other form of abuse that, yeah. that I've ever heard of. But that was there. And it apparently went on for a long time before it ever really got corrected. Mm-hmm. And so what happened after all this? Well, Mark gets removed. They decide they need to like split the churches up. And almost all those churches crumbled yeah, pretty quickly. right away, um, which obviously resulted in lots of hurt. You know, that yeah. hurt gets multiplied with every church that gets eventually gets shut down. And so this podcast, um, I think it's kind of set up like a, uh, it's kind of set up, not like, I don't I Did you guys ever listen to Serial? You remember when Serial yeah. was a thing? Did you listen to it? Jeremy? I tried to catch on to it because someone, Ricky told me about it. Which was, that was the podcast about like, they took like a crime and like. Yeah, they made okay. it like a weekly thing. So is that what Mars Hill thing is supposed to be like? Is it? It's a similar kind of. I would say a true crime documentary style. So it's like it's interesting because we don't have anything like that in the Christian literature. So universe. it's sort of like it's like supposed to be an, an ongoing story. They're not it just like they're not story. just like interviewing people about what happened in the past. They're like taking you through it. Is that so? Kind they of it? are taking people who are, and this is because the rise of the podcast. Um, yeah. So what they're doing is, and I'm learning. I, I caught onto it late. I'm like, well, I'm going to do it. You know, research for the pod. Of course, That's what it is. Um, I've heard a lot of things about it, a few people talking about it, and I had heard of the producer um, from yeah. our church network. Yeah. And um, so going back, you have, it's basically true crime. You're, a lot of the stories are past, but they are interviewing true, true people crime. who, <laughs> yeah, people who live through it, um, but also kind of mirroring it with some of the prosperity gospel stuff going on that was mm. kind of a similar trait authoritatively, um, which is interesting. I also had just finished the how to how to become a tyrant episodes or Netflix documentary. And I don't know, thinking through some of the authoritarian stuff we see in certain churches, kind huh. of just, you know, rewriting some of your own history, which they kind of go through. Hmm. Um stuff like that. We'll and come then, back to that later in the pod. Okay. And then um <laughs> fits well. The other part of it that so basically they're doing it ongoing. So they've asked people to do it to be recorded and talk through it, um, their experience with it, what they've learned and some of the stuff that happened. And I don't think everyone had done it off the bat because everyone was kind of weary of it. 
But it's basically yeah. doing it. They're doing it on a bi-weekly schedule now because they're doing interviews. Sometimes Cosper said so like the weekend copying, before. They're copying us? Basically. They're doing bi-weekly. They're That's copying what they us. said. <laughs> and I'm like, I think Cosper's plagiarizing half of ours. I'm going to call him in our next yeah. the network meeting. We need to we need to work on that because I mean- if When I see him in Louisville, I'll tell him something. We need some residuals because I, I don't want to be a jerk or spoil anything, so, but- they're probably making, you know, a little more money it does on, seem the, uh, like you on the ads than we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have a little more backing with Christianity. They also Day. have ads. Um, <laughs> but with that, I mean, Christianity, I did have some of my own um, skepticisms on how, yeah. like, what sources they're going to use. But I've heard more and more people, like Joe Thorne said he was asked to be on it and it just didn't happen. Um, they started and just kind of fell through. Yeah. Um, I think probably. Sandstorms is on the last whole entire one. I, I would venture to say, and this is just a theory, but I would venture to say that they have had a lot of people that are not solid anymore on it. Yeah. And I would say that probably the people who are still solid in the scriptures did not have an interest in being on it at first. That's what I've kind of got from it. And that's what, like, the Sam Storms one's actually not talking necessarily about. It's also was about demonology and stuff. Okay. Um, and these demon trials they had. Stuff that I never Whoa, knew they what? did out there. Yeah. Excuse I never me. knew they did that stuff, but they Maybe said most listen. people didn't didn't know it. But <laughs> okay. um, Sam Storms, who's more of a continuationist in, yeah. in our camp, um, they had him kind of talking through some of his experience in that why he is in that camp and just kind of some of that. So okay. and he's a faithful pastor, yeah, from Oklahoma, yeah. Um, but so this is kind of yeah, this is like what the the podcast is. I think that the the interesting thing about it is like this is kind of a story that that a lot of people like maybe remember. I don't know in some ways. And what do you? Th- do you think, from what you know, Jeremy, do you feel like it's been fair? Do you feel like it's... Uh... I think that... I don't think it's been unfair. I think it's it was something... From that side looking in, it's easy to see it as unfair. Cause like, okay, you only see this one side of it. That being said, when you have... I think you could have made it much more unfair, if that makes sense. I think that, especially given the original, what everyone knows about the story and the yeah. way it crumbled and his personality, even now after everything happened... And him still doing a lot of the same things. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's unfair. I think that is there's parts of that where really like we were talking to a, a buddy about. I wish they did have more people eyes and say, yeah, he's a solid person talking about just like what a pastor should be. But that being said, I don't know if any of those people would be doing that yeah. necessarily. And even the they had a bonus episode with Joshua Harris, and they had oh. a, a, yeah, they did. Sure, which I was like, okay, what is this? We should we should link to our Josh Harris. Episode. But um, yeah, <laughs> but Co- they actually had a conversation between him and Cosper, and Cosper did like say like, basically like I'm laying out certain things. I'm praying for you, and I I, I think I hope you eventually come back here. Good for Cosper. Yeah, he yeah. did a good job. I didn't think I. It, it's a bonus app. If so. I'm gonna be honest, and I'll I'll this is me and how I'm given to. Uh prejudice in these areas yeah like i know the names that are involved with it i know christianity today yep like i don't have the highest opinion of them and so i would actually have presumed maybe a i would i would maybe have presumed that they would be more unfair than they might actually be which is my fault they are i should listen to it before i assume that but i think that there's I, i just know that like they probably wouldn't have a high opinion of it and they wouldn't mind it like not looking great. And that's where if like I had told you if if I think if it were cost for someone I didn't know already ahead of time, 
and it was just Christianity Today, I probably would have touched it. And just said, like, I'm just not going to do it because I, I just think it's going to be one bent one way and it's going to be unfair completely. Yeah. And I still have that skepticism because I do think that there's parts of it, obviously. And they say there's like, there's obviously lots of stories that there you can see God using his grace for these people through someone who's a broken man, mm-hmm. which they've said countless times. Which is, which true, is all God ever does. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they do say that several times and that's like, okay, this is what the gospel is. Yeah. But the, the last thing I would say before we link this to the second part of the podcast, and this is where I think it kind of hits home, is like what I was worried about with this podcast is what I was worried about, what I'm worried about a lot, which is like, for example, Mark Driscoll was well known for mm-hmm. um, preaching and being a part of this hip, artsy movement right like yeah. citizens and saints the band comes out of there like king's, king's kaleidoscope comes out of there so like they're this young hip church that's got like art galleries i think in there yeah um as like a motorcycle goes by i don't know <laughs> if that's gonna make it on the pod but um like this is this young hip church and yet mark Driscoll is still teaching and preaching like men and women are different they were made different on purpose with value we have same value but different roles um this actual biblical conservative understanding of the differences in gender roles that God designed. Yeah. And so what I'm nervous about with these things often is like, this is an opportunity to tear down that theological position. Yeah. Because he might've been abusive with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is and easy to do with that position. It's easy to do. And it's easy to in do when somebody who you look up to fails. Yeah. It's easy to say, well, what did they believe? Yeah. Cross all those things off the list. They can't be real. Mm-hmm. I still think there's an error when you do listen to it. I've listened to it um, just because I'm still curious about it. But I've also read other sources about it. And I was never a fan. I I had no desire to read Mark Driscoll's like marriage book ever. No. Um, even before I've read, this whole I've thing. read lots of really good marriage books. I just don't <laughs> um, need That to, wasn't on yeah. my list to read. Yeah. Um, and I'd already even known like, okay, this is parts of what he was doing out there was never something going to jive with. But sitting there saying like, even when I'm listening to this podcast, they're saying, I this is a human being in the current image of God who did a lot of good work for the kingdom. Um, whether being, you know, obviously imperfectly, um, but especially like given the late, I think after the me too movement, I had a lot more like this could be really bad. Yeah. Like this like could how be, this is characterized could be, it, it could be. And I don't think, I don't think I've necessarily done it great, That's, but also it, it isn't, I don't, I don't know how you could really, they're towing the line. Well, well, and the people I that think, did agree to interview be. on it, the people that did agree to interview on it, they did exactly what we're talking about in like, run away in a shoe, like that word, a shoe, all of those traditional understandings. Right. Um, and I guess the the principle of that is like just, um, you're not growing if you simply just go opposite day on whatever you used to believe because you had a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. We were talking about this a little bit today with like, we don't need to stray into this topic. We were talking a little bit today about how earlier today, as our family was hanging out, how people are so easily angered these days. Yeah. And they just decide, um, they think they have reasons, but most of the time they're just like, very, it's just based on like random well, yeah, preferences. Yeah, but their reasons aren't founded they're, in yeah, anything stable. And yeah. so they think that they're so much better than the other side on things. Yeah. And it's like, well, I might agree with like your end point, but you're not actually better than the other side because you haven't actually thought about this. Uh, yeah, or, like, and there's no actual foundation. Exactly. So if I guess the something the, can change tomorrow and yeah. Like it's just lazy and it's not good for you to just be like, well, I followed that guy 
And then, boy, he really was a jerk, and he taught this. So mm. I can't think of that anymore. that anymore. It's like, no, your authority needs to shift. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you're realizing that your authority was that person. Yeah. Shift it now from that person to the Bible and say, okay, did he just abuse something correct? Because I'm never going to yeah. judge something on its abuses. That's not how you do truth. Mm-hmm. Truth can be abused, right? But we don't get rid of truth just because it's abused. We just use truth correctly then. <laughs> and that's <laughs> right? the, that's what's so tough with as far as people from outside of the church yeah. viewing in. Because it's easier. It's, it's so easier easy. to just yeah. like with the person who's inside of the church say, yeah, you're right. That stuff's crazy. Yeah. It's harder to stick to the truth and talk to them about it. Yeah. And people from the outside, it's very easy to just say like, hey, um, you know, anything, all these people, all of them are flawed. Yeah. Uh, or whatever, you know, mistakes or scandals or anything that, that come about, then it's just they can just lump it all in together and cast out anything as far as the, the truth underneath that, yep. you know, Mark Driscoll did did have truth. Oh yeah. Um and anything that is found and that's that's the danger of really looking at any type of like uh you know large Person, yeah. mega church or or any type of that we would call like a celebrity pastor type role. I, I, um that's the danger today for sure. I think it's interesting because there's obviously many oh, people <laughs> that you could have chosen to do this on. I think, oh yeah, there's been a lot of Mars big failed Hill. Yeah. Yep. You chose that one, and you, yeah, like you've had other, you've had other. Well, I mean, even like the James, this even is churches that didn't fall. You've had, you've had scandals within churches like, that yeah. are still. James you could McDonald's definitely more, get some good stories. Well, of James that, McDonald's. Church. That's why, honestly, I thought, I'm like, okay, if you're gonna do it, the James McDonald, especially if we're going to our next topic, you have uh-huh. of anyone. There could have been much from what I know about that story and what I know about him as a person. Yeah, uh, from you have. um that could have been a much juicier story. Oh, yeah. And there that's was, why I said, okay. Yeah. Ju- and I think that's something like, Mars Hill is more of a movement versus Harvest Bible Chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or whatever. I think it's I think it's what it's called, right? The difference, yes. The but, difference was that Harvest it, Bible Chapel would have been that, I think, if you gave it like 15 more years. I, I think yeah. I do agree with that. Yeah. But, um, and just, yeah, I was like, the I think. The platform wasn't there. But I think it could have been a much juicier. So I think that one thing that they want to talk about, which they say is like, no one is really talking about why this went wrong. And I guess why I have a problem with so many leaders today, and that's yes. that was the point. Cost stresses in all the episodes, like why, and it's in the in the intro music or the intro that's, to the pod. It says like why why is no one investigating this? Why is no one talking about why this went bad? Yeah, so I think that one of the reasons is that they maybe settle for easy explanations for why it went bad. Like why did it go bad? I don't know. Like a bad person with some bad theology. That's actually kind of like a simple explanation. I feel like it's a harder like. I don't know, like it maybe I can maybe I can't really crystallize this thought well, but we need to do the hard work of figuring out what actually went bad. Right. Yeah. And what went I was talking a friend of mine, the reason that we're talking about this podcast is actually because a few days ago, a friend of mine who's not from our camp theologically at all, um, just kind of asked me, like, hey, did you listen? Have you heard of this podcast? What do you think of it? And I kind of told him, like, I haven't really listened to it. I kind of know the story as it happened. Yeah. And so I don't feel like I need to listen to it. Um, and I also fear like certain kinds of, I just, I also think it would make me mad in some ways if I listen to it. So I'm, I'm not going to listen to it. But 
the thing I told him was like, I feel like I know the story. And the story is pastor's charismatic, pastor gets big, um, pastor has a big head, pa- nobody checks the pastor's authority, it goes crazy, he hurts people, the church crumbles. Like, I feel like that's what the story is. Yeah. And that is unfortunately a common story um, that like you need to, just because someone's powerful doesn't mean that they no longer need to be checked. Um, Which kind of goes into the other half of the episode here, Um, which is everything going on with Ed Litton, which some people who listen to this will immediately be like, Oh yeah, I know who that is. And some people will say like, it's about time you talked about it. And some people will say who in who the world, is that who is that Lenin? which is kind of funny because like even Andrew was kind of like, who's that again? What are we talking about? Um, just because you're Jeez. not as tied in Jeez, on the internet side of the Baptist world. Um, <laughs> I was actually very, which I haven't been in the past. I was actually very interested in the SBC this past year, more so than mm-hmm. years past. I think it's after everything going on in 2020. I hope for like yeah. a big stand saying, hey, let's unite around something yeah. good. We didn't do that. No. Um, <laughs> we this didn't is, and this is my first all. year being a pastor during the convention. And so I honestly did feel like I'm going to pay more attention because I kind of wanted to like, I don't know. Maybe what's going on. We've never sent anybody from our church because we're brand new and stuff like that. But maybe we'll start doing that. How depending on how things go. But anyway, Ed Litton was just elected as the president of the SBC. So um, SBC has a president. Um, That president, you know, kind of sets the tone for the SBC in a lot of ways. Mm What would you say? Two-year terms. Mm Two-year terms. Um, Wasn't it a one-year term, but we basically always vote for them for two years? You basically always vote for them twice. It's like a one-year term, but you're like, it's... Unless something horrible happens, it's you probably it's, get two. You get, yeah. you get re-elected. similar to like honestly our presidential. Most of the time, most of the time with our most time, you always get two, two terms. Um, so he was elected president. He's a pastor from Alabama. Missis- Alabama. I almost yeah. said Mississippi. Alabama Redemption Church. Redemption Church. Yeah, big church. It's a good name. Mobile. Um, mobile. Al- mobile. Alabama. Yeah. Do people? Alabama. Which Mo- going- mobile, 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 or mobile? What know. do they say in mobile? Probably mobile. I was mobile. I, I think it's mobile. mobile. I think it's going mobile. back, one of the qualifications, you do not have to be a pastor to be the president of the no. SBC. Technically, I think that's important don't. to note, especially yes. in this case where we might say some things yes. about him. Um, so, he was a pastor, yeah. He has he's a still pastor is. for yeah, a long time. Still he's yeah. not a, it's not like a recent pastor. No. Thing. Yeah. He's an older guy. Yeah. Um. And just to reset things, I can also link, I'll, and I will link to some podcasts that have already talked about him a while so that Lay can give a fuller picture because we didn't really feel the need to, to weigh in it. here. Um, but sort of as things have gone on, we saw this link between this and Mark Driscoll stuff. So what happened is right after Ed Litton was elected um, president, all of a sudden things started popping up online about sermons that he had maybe plagiarized. And then very quickly, it became evident at least one sermon was definitely pretty significantly plagiarized. And then even more quickly, um, like a lot of sermons were like, whoa, there are a lot of sermons where he has used a lot of other guys' sermons, you know, 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there, the outline of the whole thing, where he's like used his own, you know, he's plagiarized a little bit. Um, And... So, 
that all pops up overnight. And then Jeremy, wasn't it that his church, they re- like, so a week after they laid someone, a week, an a week after pod, this news an anonymous breaks, so YouTube, YouTube su- user, I don't know, um, put a snippet of his sermon interlaced with a J.D. Greer sermon, and they are literally outlined yeah. the exact same. And for the record, the, J.D. Greer's was preached first. And he was the president before him. Yes, which he is kind of funny. He was before, which is ironic. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But even like the same, like, cool point talking points were exactly the same cool stories it's kind of the same jokes were made in both yes. like it wasn't it wasn't that because i think i i i believe i preached a sermon once when i was starting out that the three points of it were the three points of an alistair Begg sermon for yeah. the record it was a sermon about ephesians 2 1 through 10 where almost everybody who preaches in that is going to use the same three points yeah you're dead. David, you're dead in David's sin. You're alive in Christ, and you're giving good you, works to do. You can word it slightly well, different, but, but those, those are your yeah, three points. Yeah, but thing, even yeah. like stories of like going to a temple and stuff like that. Right? Yeah, but he's using beyond that. Um, and he had said after that he had asked permission way after. But then like the next few days after, they the church deleted a hundred plus sermons. Yeah. So the church removes a yeah. hundred plus sermons from their website. Yeah. They didn't really explain they why. Said, well, well, they yeah, said it's because like, their reasoning they didn't was want be, to investigate. Yeah. Further and it, and then he had said it's because they had issues with their site and they're changing servers. So they gave yeah. different. Yeah, well, they also reasons. yeah, it was like the reason was kind of that a lot of people like more and more people were coming out with these YouTube videos yeah. splicing them together because yeah. they're finding so, it more than one. Sermon. That's where the church yeah. said they did. It. So that's where so opposite. they took them down so that you know this kind of would stop the leak. Yeah, they've since corroborated yeah. their stories. So that's gone on and this has been a few months now. Yeah, um, this and is he, since May and June. And he just recently did, he's been on a few podcasts that have sort of been softball he's on interviews. NBC, MSNBC and stuff like that. Yeah, this has been picked up by big, Yeah, like Newsweek did a story about it, yeah. stuff like that. Um, so it's not just Christians talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's done interviews on other podcasts and like Baptist outlets that have sort of, I would say they kind of soft-pedaled some questions his way. Mm-hmm. Um, and... What's the problem here? Well, your first problem is that you've been a pastor for a long time and apparently you pretty consistently use sermon material that isn't yours and you don't do a good job, at least you don't do a good job of saying, by the way, um, these points I got from J.D. Greer. Yeah. Um, or I heard this story that J.D. Greer ter- told in his story. Um, which is similar to a Tim Keller story. Which is similar, yeah. That, so, like, <laughs> there is, there's layers to this. Like, wh- should someone who's plagiarizing at their sermons be a pastor? No. That's just I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to say that pretty clearly. Um, on the one level. On one level, it's your job as a pastor. It is your primary job, especially if you're the teaching pastor. I'm, t- I'm speaking about the yeah. person whose role is to do. If it's in your job description to preach, you know, three out of four Sundays or four out of four Sundays, whatever. Even for me, I preach maybe like six to ten times a year. It's my job when I go up there to have a sermon from me, like a sermon from the scriptures. Mm-hmm. That I that I wrote because I did the work and the study to give a sermon. It's not my job, and it's not my responsibility to give somebody else's sermon to the church there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's kind of a shirking of responsibility. Like that is your job to yeah. do that. 
Um, he is literally paid to do that, but in a spiritual sense, it's his job to. Mm-hmm. Uh, shepherd the, the flock that's there. Yeah, that's to shepherd job. the flock that's there and to do your to do your work to preach the sermon. But on top of that, you have a problem of um just I mean, being above reproach to the world around you. Yeah. Like this kind of stuff, and I'm saying this respectfully, like it, it breaks my heart to to say this, but like it's pretty easy that you you watch some of this proof and you think if these two dudes were in college, they'd be one or out. both of them would be kicked out for plagiarism. Yeah. If they were in high school, one yeah. or both of them, like if they could prove that you helped the other guy cheat, you'd get kicked out too in JD Greer's case. But like, um, but like if he was a student in seminary or in college, the teacher would be like, You didn't write yeah. this. Like mm-hmm. and so let's be honest and above reproach to the world around us, um, which is a legitimate standard there. Yeah, I yeah. get the straightforward standard. And then, if, we did, if, if we treat middle schoolers with that standard. Yeah, exactly. The, the most upsetting thing to me, those two things aside, the most upsetting thing to me that since then has been in the months since, there just has not been a, yes, this is true. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Well, and I will not. I I will not do it again. And what you've there hasn't been that has been more of like I've heard on a few different the outlets and podcasts and stuff. Like when it quickly happened, then when it kind of didn't happen and it kind of got bigger traction. Um, him saying, "Well, I didn't do anything wrong, but I've been forgiven for it." It feels like there's been. He literally said that sentence, and I'm it, like, "Okay, that makes no sense." It to feels me. like mm-hmm. it's, there's been different answers too, as it's been like, "Oh, this isn't going away." Give this answer, which just right. feels dishonest. Like yeah. just. Yeah, go ahead, Jeremy. Well, no, I think like if if we're gonna be people, especially being a pastor, you gotta have integrity. I'm not gonna talk about talking about. I think you should step down from both, quite honestly. But at least your own pastors, and they're saying, "Hey, I have not done my job, and you've paid me to do this job." Yeah. yeah. Um. That's like think about that aspect of it, but also the fact that I've not done what the word has called me to do for you guys. Yeah. Secondly, and then thirdly, if I have been, I need to repent of it. Like it'd be completely different. He came out and. Well, you still have a hundred plus times this happened, but um, <laughs> if if it would have came out and said, "Hey, yes, this happened, and I'm repenting of it, and I'm going to start fresh," I would still think he should step down for a time. Yeah, like the that's rule, just the way for a hundred plus sermon. It wouldn't be a one off thing. I can, is, I got caught. Yeah. Oh yeah. If this happened one time in our church, yeah, I would say with a pretty high degree of confidence that, like, say that, say that we find that uh, Jeff did it one Sunday. Us, uh, uh, the other three elders. I'm pretty confident that Jeff's at, at the very least not going to preach for like a month. Like that, that's just the bare minimum. Like it's where we're starting. Like take a break. We're going to talk about this. Well, you need to through we're going to figure this out. It might be a root cause issue of like, are you yeah. like actually trying to lie and deceive? Or is like, is there just, you're not good at this and we needed to give you tools to do it. Do you t- we, yeah. Did you have a horrible week where you should have just said, guys, I don't have time. I didn't have anything prepared. I'm yeah. leaning heavily on this. Right. Yep. It'd be a very different situation. Yeah. And that's and, still 100 plus times. And that's, yeah. So this is the heart behind it. Yeah, don't forget that an associate pastor at his church. Also, also that was the other issue. Also, it's a also systematic thing there. So it seems like this is sort of like, not only do I do it, but I kind of like taught this younger guy that this is kind of how it's done. A, an associate <laughs> pastor of the church preached a sermon that was a ripoff of another guy's sermon. Was it, all, was it also J.D. Greer? It might have been. So it's just kind of like, okay, we're seeing quite a pattern. Yeah. Um, and like you said, we need to get down to the root causes about why that's happening. Right. Um, are you just a liar or are you just 
Well, because our because our motivation is to get to the truth mm-hmm. and to set and to like and he needs to be cared for. This is where it links up. This is where I think it links up with Mark Driscoll. Yeah. Um. Just because he's important doesn't mean he can't be corrected, and for the good for his own good, just like Mark Driscoll, because Mark Driscoll now has made a clown of himself in a lot of ways, and for his own good. 15 years ago, somebody needed to correct him. And like, you just see what happens to men and well, anyone when they're in a powerful position, they, they can get away with things. Things get excused for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily end up that they rob a bank or kill somebody, right? It might not go that far, but they develop, you get used to getting away with things. Yeah. It's well, not. It's, like it's your, not good man, for your, your soul. Athlete superstars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, similar idea. Which it, we. It's not good for. Well, yeah, like it's, it's not good for and him, it, and it's not. No. It was like a, at least for in Lytton's case, it's it's definitely not good for his, for his for his whole career in ministry. No, as far as like you know, you think of like what's played out here. You lost so much credibility, yeah. and that's where and like we said with uh with Mark Driscoll, like so many people from the outside can just write off all uh, you know like yeah just like they do all, with well, a, all this done. is done. celebrity yeah. christians are dumb that's Baptists out the door you know yeah. they're just well, like especially. everybody else and you have and, people who have a higher standard when they don't have the same standard as to why they have that standard like yeah. if they can sit there and say you're cheating the system you're lying mm-hmm. and we as and we as christians it's, can't call our the largest denomination in the united states a liar and a plagiarist if we can at least if out, we can at least say Something here is dishonest. Yeah, just at least then, say yeah. that. Then the world around us can't, like, the world around us is confused. Yeah. But it can still, like, smell dishonesty a lot of, th- at least some sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of dishonest things the world swallows, right? But they're, they're going to be able to, like, most people are going to be like, wait a minute, dude. This is fishy. Yeah. It doesn't like, seem it also, honest. I was like, it also, I think, puts a high, like, like the two things that stick out, it's like, just... You know, when you're called to be a, a pastor, you are called to be above reproach. Yep. And you are called to lead a flock. Yep. And so that is a very high calling. Uh, mm. And it also points me in the direction of like, we better be true uh, as far as the expository teaching that we're doing for our congregation. And that's why we should lean so heavy into expository preaching. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, meaning just straight out of the word because. Even if that, you know, like uh, on a typical Sunday, if you if you're reading from the word aloud with your congregation and then you are, you know, you're dissecting and all that straight from the word itself, then a lot of times, you know, you can't. Yeah, you could find similarities to other people that might have talked about that same verse in the past, especially if you have it. it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But still your source and your your beginning point should be the word itself Mm -hmm, that is infallible. And yep. that is what you are, that is what God has laid on your heart to preach out of. And whatever comes out of that is, you know, from your preparation yeah. that God has laid on your heart. And so really quickly, pastors, just start, don't go to a commentary or another guy's sermon mm-hmm. first. Start first with like at least, at least some kind yeah. of rough points that like you read through the passage and you're like, yeah, these, these that seem is, important. That is straight out of the word. Yeah. Um, that's not, it's, sometimes it's easier. Like you want to kickstart your preparation by like, 
I'll just see what John Piper said about this sermon. Yeah. Don't do that. It's your your church needs to hear. But that's, yeah, like, your, like we're your saying. Your church like, needs to hear from you. He's He is a paid pastor. Yeah. That is your charge. Yeah. Uh, your congregations put you in charge to. To do that. To. Teach the word. To, yeah, to teach the word yeah. and to, you know. To, well, and, and this also goes a little bit to like the whole syncing up with Marcel, like the pressure of having a really fun and engaging sermon. Yeah. Well, then I better, I can't, Andrew, I can't just sit down, open the Bible and read the verses and go. I think one of my last sermons I preached was really not elaborate at all. It was in Colossians no. 1.20. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, we were going to hit on that next. Yeah, no. Colossians <laughs> 1.21, where it just lists the description. I think it's one, no, one fifteen yeah. to 20, where it just says like Christ is the image of the invisible God. And all it was was like, I'm not trying to brag. I'm just giving an example. There's nothing to brag about in unremarkable sermon, but <laughs> I mean, um, it's the word of God. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like all you it was, was it. just like, yeah. I'll read this section and I'll say what it means. I read this section and I'll say what it, like, that's all I'm going to try to do. But if you believe that your church service and your sermon has to be breathtaking, then that temptation to borrow from another sermon that you heard, like you hear, you heard JD Greer preach Somebody's it engaging. and you were like, whoa, that's good. Then whenever you go to preach it, you're like, man, what I got, yeah. what I got isn't that what good. What I got is not yeah. as engaging as this. I, and it's yeah. just like, you don't have to be as engaging. No. Like yeah. you don't, you'll be, one of the best things I think well, that Jeff at our church has taught me over the years is like, you will be engaging by virtue of be, God made you to be you. So you be you, authentically you teaching about this text. And when you feel it in your soul, it's going to be engaging to God's yeah. people. Because it's you and they know you and and you know this text. I'd say you teach it. I'd say that's honestly, yeah, like as far as listening to any podcasts or any sermons, as far as what I catch, you know, during the week and stuff online, that's that's one of the biggest things that can ring true is when you truly uh see the heart of a pastor that's engaged mm -hmm. with the text that he's teaching, that is truly the most like captivating that you can be. Yeah, you can um, see that they feel it. And yeah, they know well, we can all. You can and, always. Tell and that's truly what comes across. Yeah. that's truly what comes across versus just linking to you know possible commentaries or stories that might be from some other yeah. source. So it might sound good, but yeah, yeah. Real quick, I want to talk about how do we repent, because all all of these things lead me to that question of like, what does good repentance look like? Um, and we can go to you know, there's verses that talk about this there's the verses that talk about like godly sorrow and worldly sorrow mm -hmm. and how godly sorrow leads us to repentance because it actually motivates us to change because we're sorrowful for the reasons that god would be sorrowful right so but the ways in which we repent um how how do we how do we do that when we look at the problem the lack of repentance happening or maybe the pseudo repentance that we feel like is happening with like Lynn or the pseudo-repentance that happened with Mark Driscoll, where would you guys say, like, it's the repentance is breaking down? Like, what's wrong with it? I, I mean, I start the recognition of what is wrong. Yeah. It's got to yeah. be it's clear. A public thing, it's it got to say public. This, if it's yeah. a private thing, it can be private. Yeah. On the individual in the situation. That's the thing yep. is, yeah, in, in, in the case of Lytton here, it, it calls for a public 
recognition. Because you did all these things publicly. Especially, I was like, even if not publicly, as far as all the avenues that he's been out and talking with, at least in front of his church body. But even, first off, calling sin a sin is your first. Your, it has yeah. to be your first. Yeah. It's got to be specific. Don't yeah. don't mess around I and like fudge what the sin is. Like it, the yeah, sin like, is and the it sin. has to be in front of the 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 sh- the sheep that he has yep. was put in charge the of leading. You offended, like yeah. For us at home, like that means like when I sin against my wife, yeah, I don't just say God forgive me for that. I also go to my wife mm-hmm. and say you please also forgive me for that. And then you don't just say like. Like when you're a jerk and you, um, I don't know, you slam you slam the door because you're angry. You don't just say, "I'm sorry, I was angry," or "I'm sorry, I was upset." Mm-hmm. You say, "I am sorry that I was so angry that I slammed the door in your face." Like you got this is actually what happened. We're gonna mm-hmm. say what happened. Yeah. Um, concretely. Even if it's uncomfortable to say things out loud, like slamming the door in the face is not really an ugly, maybe not really an ugly sin to talk about, but like ugly sins to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, did you lie? Say that you lied. Did you, did you lust? Say that you did that. Like, that's step one. Because if you don't, if you can't own up to what the sin actually is to the people that are actually offended, I don't think you're, I don't think you're repenting like at all. Really. Um, yeah. You're just apologizing for something that is like generic. Yeah. Um, and I think that the other thing well, is, or something, you, or something that you don't, you haven't truly fleshed out yeah. yet. Yeah. Well, there's no actual act. If you're going to first recognize it, you then need to go back and turning away from that thing and turning yep. toward Christ. Recognizing yep. you have been forgiven for that, asking for forgiveness, forgiveness for it. I said that backwards. <laughs> but um. Then asking for forgiveness and recognizing you have been forgiven and then realizing that in you that has been paid for. So then you turn actively yeah. away from it and I, don't do it again. Is that for it might be in First Corinthians, I think. I don't know. Where it says that the thief the thief no longer steals but gives generously. It's like do the opposite. Like your repentance Dude. is real when not only do you stop stealing from people, but you actually give to other people instead. Do we have any context for like what has as far as with his church in Alabama, like what has I don't the, I have not heard of anything. Been? I have not heard of anything happening. He's still yeah, preaching. All I know. Yeah, yeah like is I he seen still, anything else come out? Yeah. From the I would I would honestly love to hear that he's at least like on a vacation. Yeah, like indefinite vacation. I I don't know of anything yeah. happening there. Um, he's doing podcast, and that's yeah, the last. Like, thing, I would also love to know, like, yeah, like what is this? What's the state of that? As yeah. far as the church body, this like, is causing questions in your church. Yeah, I hope you've at least addressed it because you're you're you got people coming in every week that are like now they they've heard these things like yeah. what's going on? Yeah, you've been it's a Newsweek. If it's, it's, yeah, if it's, it's, if it's, it's, it's not Newsweek or MSNBC. You it, have to believe everything. It wasn't on yeah. some. It wasn't on some tiny random dude's Twitter. Like it was a lot of places. Um, the last thing I'd say is like repentance has to happen even when it's hard. And so like for Mark Driscoll. Like I was saying earlier, somebody like 15 years ago needed to correct him and he needed to repent then before his sins got to be yeah. so ingrained and so habitual. Well, the um, longer you don't sin, the harder your heart gets towards yep. that sin. And and it's, sometimes it's harder to it's harder to repent when you have a big church in Mobile, Mobile, Alabama, <laughs> or when you just got elected to the Southern Baptist Convention presidency, or when you're a pastor of, what was it, Andrew, 15,000 members in Marshall yeah. or something like that? Yep. It's harder to repent when you do that because you re- you recognize if I really repent, 
I'm risking maybe all of these people going away. Mm -hmm. And for us, like we might think we're never tempted by that, but that's why that's when we in our own lives are tempted to skirt the truth on exactly what we're repenting about. Mm-hmm. Because if we hit it dead on, we recognize it'll be more costly, mm-hmm. right? But it just—it's the fundamental truth. Repentance has to be costly. Yeah, it, it just cost, does. It was a costly sacrifice to do yeah. it, and it was a—is it? It was sin has sin has a cost, and repentance is recognizing that. Um, so that's that's what I just feel like this. All both of those things can be solved by is like. Yeah. Be willing to admit what was wrong, and then you can be free from it. Otherwise, it's not. Um, it's not going to get any better, and it's going to be bad for you. Um, in the end, if you can't repent, yep. on that. So even when it's big or even when it's small, you've got to do it. Be honest about it. I would recommend a book um, that goes along with it called The Doctrine of Repentance by Thomas Watson. He's an old dude, old Puritan. Pretty easy to read, though. Um, most of his books are pretty easy to read. but It's, it's only good, like 100 pages, right? It's pretty short. I don't think it's that short, but no. I think it's not long. I think oh, like you can find it for free, though, I believe. You might, it's most of those Puritan paperbacks you can somewhere. Um, so I, I recommend it. It's a good book. Yeah. Um, any other recommendations? We wrap mm-hmm. up. Go Bears. Go Bears. <laughs> Justin we'll Fields should play now. That's my recommendation. <laughs> That's if, Matt Nagy, if Matt Nagy's listening. I think, I think he's Fields thrown in. three interceptions since we have been recording this. Justin Fields? Yeah. Oh, he dang. hasn't played. No, he, he did. He did not throw any interceptions. I, I think he did. Jeremy. Anyway, if Matt Nagy's listening, we have if a recommendation. Playing, a very specific recommendation yeah. for you. For you. To uh to repent, to think differently and put Justin Fields in. I, I don't mind Dalton. I just wanna win. <laughs> I just I just wanna win. Is that so hard? Win. Is that so much to ask for? Sometimes sometimes it is. We like Nate Bargazzi. Yeah, he's got a podcast. It's called Nate Land. Yeah, I haven't Dan's listening to it more than we have. But I mean his yeah. stand up's pretty good on Netflix. Yeah. Pretty good for the whole family. He's looking for something funny. He's yeah, got yeah, some fun stuff. Like, he just uh, I listen to it sometimes during the during the work day just because they basically talk about nothing. Uh, yeah. And just yeah, you need something fun. There it is. There we'll link to that as well. Something fun and something deep. Something fun, something deep. <laughs> and we're kind of in the middle. And we're something. We're something else. And uh, until next time, we'll see you next time.